Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They're a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy Hightower Henny. On today's podcast, we'll be talking with one of our other attorneys at Hightower Ref Law, Tasha Haviken. Welcome, Tasha. Thank you. Thank you. It's my first time uh, on a podcast, so I'm pretty excited to to uh, get my feet wet here. First time with a huge microphone in front of your face. Yes, I. You know, I um, I was a journalism major in college. I went to Doan College, and but I was it emphasized print media. So they made me do a semester with the radio and a semester with the TV. But I always held the sound boom because. That seemed like the least threatening. <laughs> but what then is I, a sound boom? It's like you hold this big stick and it has a microphone on the end of it and you're supposed to hold it over the people that are giving the newscast. But I'm so short that the sound boom was always in the frame. So then they had to make me stand on a box. Oh, is that like the big furry thing that is in the middle of the room sometimes? Yes. And I think that's a sound boom. Clearly, I didn't pay enough attention in TV class. You're just holding it. I was. Uh, um, also, fun fact, both Tasha and I went to Doan College for undergrad, so we were Tigers. I didn't play any sports, did you? Nope. No sports. I feel like the mascot only really matters if you play sports. Yeah, and and it's on the t-shirts. Right. <laughs> I had a lot of t-shirts. Um, I had a t-shirt quilt made with my orange and black, so it looks like Halloween. I still have... One of my favorite sweatshirts is a Doan sweatshirt, and I'm hoping one day I can fit into it again. <laughs> oh, remember the Doan sweatshirt I have? We made it into a pillow. Yes. And the lady left the arms on it. Yeah. So it looks like it's like hugging itself. It's great. We left it here at the office. I, I lay on it frequently. When I have to read long documents, I use it for great comfort. Do, do, you, do you take the arms and like put it around you? You know, the I'll try it. loose arms on the pillow. I will I will try that sometime. We'll take a picture and share it with our listeners. Maybe they'll put me on the Doan website. Do you want to be on the Doan website? <laughs> no. <laughs> Announcement, Doan, we would like to be on the Doan website. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's what we want to talk about is like, tell us about Tasha. And I want to know, uh, what was it like growing up as Tasha? So I grew up in Council Bluffs. Um, I went to uh, Abraham Lincoln High School. Um, I have five siblings, but they're his, hers, and theirs. So fun fact about me, I was adopted by my stepdad when I was in sixth grade. So um, I gained uh, three siblings, and then my parents had one together. So there's six kids. and it's like the Brady Bunch. We are like the Brady Bunch. We are exactly like the Brady Bunch, except for we didn't have a cleaning lady growing up. Much to my mom's chagrin. <laughs> Did you know that you wanted to be an adoption lawyer when you were adopted? Or no. Is that part of your story? Well, it's... I actually was just talking to my mom the other day about this because... So adoption records are sealed. Once once an adoption happens, then the records are sealed. And the only way to get to them is a judge has to give you permission. And so I was talking to my mom the other day to tell her, you know, now that I do adoptions as part of my practice, it would be kind of interesting to go and get the documents that were filed in my own case just to see kind of what it was like. I do remember 
going to the judge's chambers when the adoption happened. Um, so I remember talking to the judge and my mom and dad were there and my brother too. I have a brother who was adopted at the same time. So um, it's kind of, you know, it's come full circle a little bit, which is kind of cool. So whenever I have adoption clients, you know, I always share that story with them so they understand and know that I've, I've been through it. So that's awesome. What a good story. And also like your little sixth grade self probably had no idea that you would go and do this for other people. Yeah. So on that note, what, what do you practice at Hightower Rough Law? What areas of law? Um, so I do a ton of adoption work, which is very near and dear to my heart. I also do a lot of estate planning for families. That usually includes things like wills and trusts and powers of attorney. I also help families when they are in need of a guardianship or a conservatorship. And I also help clients who have, you know, contract or business needs. Usually I kind of equate that to killing a lot of trees, you know, when we're looking at the contracts and and formation type problems for clients. Um, so I'll, it kind of runs the gamut. I do quite a bit of different different things for the firm. That's all transactional law, right? Yes. So Tasha doesn't go to court very often. And when she does, it's a big thing. Yes. How do you feel about being in court, Tasha? Tell us the truth. (laughs) It is a necessary evil in my practice. Most of the stuff that I do is in county court. um, And a lot of my practice is in Douglas County, Nebraska. So I know all the judges and have been practicing in front of them for a long time. Um, so that's good. So going to court is 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 a necessary evil, and it's it's part of what I do. And when I have to go, I just probably tend to over prepare. But we're always ready, and and things uh, go the way they're supposed to go. I don't think it ever hurt anyone to over prepare, right? I wouldn't think so. We're most of us in this office are perfectionists, so over preparing is kind of the name of the game, right? Sometimes when I have court like twice in one week, I'm I'm like, what do I wear? Because I don't have very many suits. So you're over-preparing your outfits, too. <laughs> I am. I am. No one ever complained that Tasha doesn't look great in court. So <laughs> it's working, Tasha. Good. Keep doing it. Good. Very but good. But sometimes you get to do some unique things, right? Yes. So most recently, I got to go to the civil side of county court. So most of the time, my practice is in what we call probate court, but I... Last week, I was able to go to the civil side and do an eviction. So I... How is that related to estate planning? I have a case right now where someone has passed away. And so as part of the estate, there's a house. And the house had some occupants that wouldn't leave when they were supposed to leave. And so after trying to you know, make an agreement about that. We weren't able to come to an agreement. So then the only option that the owner has is to file for an eviction action. So I did that on behalf of the estate. And what do you get to do today? I already heard the story. I get to go and serve the writ. So what that means is that a representative of the plaintiff, so in this case, it's the estate, has to go and meet the constable and um, a person who can change locks, and then you... Um, also known as a locksmith. Yes. <laughs> so you're going to meet the locksmith, the constable, slash probably also a sheriff, right? Yes. And we go to the property, and we change the locks, and we take everybody out, and 
And then we have to set up physically, another... not like with guns. Correct. <laughs> Taking everyone out sounds like no. There's no plan for guns to be used. Oh, good, excellent. So um, we should like send you there with an Instagram story doing this. I feel like either something super exciting is going to happen, or it's going to be super boring. I am hoping for the latter. Yes, you would, because you can't over prepare that way. Correct. Um, I have a funny story. My parents do a lot of rental property. And so my parents have had to evict a few people. And one person I remember, I wasn't there, but my dad did the same thing. He met the constable there to serve the writ. Um, I didn't quite understand why he needed to, but maybe just to secure the property afterwards, right? The locks get changed and then he can go in and put a new lock in. And I remember he described this house and he had, it was an apartment, sorry, an apartment. And he had no idea. You don't know what you're walking into. Um, And especially at this point, the tenant has notice, right? So they're maybe upset. Now what have they done to the place? And he walked in and there were birds everywhere, some in cages, some not in cages. And then the amount of like feces at the bottom of the bird cage. And so then you have to take the next step to call the Humane Society. And then these birds are flying around the house. And then you got to clean out the cages so I remember thinking I'm glad I you know didn't have to be there or have to do anything like that but ultimately got cleaned up and the birds I don't know what happened to the birds but I think they all lived none of them died I think in our story we can decide that they all lived sure yes (laughs) so tell us about um like the whole big question that everyone loves to hear what made you want to go to law school as I mentioned, I, I was a journalism major in undergrad, and as part of the program, we had to take a capstone class, or what they called a capstone class, and I took uh, law and journalism. And I ended up doing a ton of research and writing a paper on copyright law, which was super interesting to me. And so, you know, towards the end of my undergrad career, I was thinking that I would try to potentially work for the like the SPLC, which is the Student Press Law Center. And so um, in order to do that, you would need to get a law degree. And that particular organization helps young journalists fight First Amendment challenges. So for example, if there's a college newspaper that is printing stuff and is being censored by the university, then the students can potentially bring a claim that their First Amendment rights are being violated. Similar to, you you heard the recent United States Supreme Court decision about the cheerleader who made a Snapchat. I don't think I heard about this. You haven't heard about this. She made a Snapchat off school grounds. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court because ultimately she wasn't um, picked for the cheerleading team. And so she said some not so nice words about the school and the school brought an action against her. They suspended her, right? And so her parents were like, screw this, watch me. And they went all the way up to the United States Supreme Court and they made a finding that her speech was protected mostly because it was off school grounds, which was really one of the first cases that really talked about social media use and First Amendment and and how it relates to students. So maybe the SPLC was involved in that. Potentially, yes. Super interesting area of the law. Um, and then once I got into law school, I, you realize, or at least I did at the time, how much bigger the law is. When you think about the law, I think in the beginning, 
it feels like, oh, it only would apply in these certain areas of life. And then you start taking all these classes, first ones that are required, and then you get to pick some on your own as well. And you start to realize how big the law is and how many facets there are. And there's so many ways that you can participate in, you know, within the law. And now as a lawyer, you look at everything and you're like, oh, I hope they have liability insurance and don't fall because you're able to sue Walmart then. I am constantly straightening rugs. <laughs> right. We have a rug at our front door at our office and I look at it and I'm like, there's a wrinkle. Someone's going to fall. Fix it. Everyone fix it. Exactly. Yeah. Our and, brains are skewed. And every every TV show that you watch, you know, my husband's constantly pausing and asking, can they do that? Is that really what how that works? Oh, he pauses? Yes. So like every one hour show is an hour and a half in your house? At, at least. Oh. I, I would just put the captions on, keep watching, and then be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's not how it works. But yeah, every show goes to jury within like two days, right? That's right. Every crime is solved in an hour. Yes. It goes all the way to the Supreme Court within two and a half days. That's right. That doesn't happen to the listeners. That doesn't happen. (laughs) Right. That is not real. (laughs) So what do you like to do in your free time? Tell us about Tasha as a non-lawyer. Are we ever non-lawyers? I don't think we are. We're straightening rugs. We're not. Right, right. I don't think our brains ever quite shut that part off, but I do enjoy, I love to watch true crime documentaries, and I'm a Law & Order SVU junkie for life. I've seen every episode probably twice. Um, I love to watch movies. I think I've only maybe walked out on one movie ever in my life. Um, I've never walked out on a movie, like in a theater? Yeah, I, I could not finish Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler. I just couldn't do it. I could not... Do like, it. at what point in the theater did you walk out? In the uh, middle? The yes. beginning? When the music got so loud that you couldn't hear the people talking, and I don't know. I just, Maybe I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day, but I Did you ever finish the movie? I did not. So you don't even know? I do not. <laughs> wow. So you like to go to the movie theater? I love to go to the movie theater. And even when, so after undergrad, before I went to law school, I worked for a couple of years and I moved to Sioux City, Iowa to work for the Sioux City Journal. And I didn't know anybody in the town really. So I, and my days off were Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And there was a little uh, video DVD store by my apartment and you could rent movies on Tuesdays for a dollar. And so I would rent like six or eight movies at a time and I would just binge watch them over my my two-day weekend because, you know. VHS. Correct. And so um, at that time in my life, I'd seen every single movie that had ever come out except for apparently Punch Drunk Love. I never never went back to that one. But um, so, yeah, I love love movies and love hanging out with my husband and my, my two kids. And we fill up our time with, you know, kid stuff. Your kids are like, I look at them and when I see, especially your son, because your daughter is so much younger, but when I see your son, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is like one of the smartest kids I've ever met. He is very smart. And I'd like to say it's all from me, but my husband's pretty smart too. So I have to give him a little credit. But well, just a little bit of credit. He, I always ask him, you know, in school, what did you learn today? Nothing, mom. I already knew everything they told me. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, that's because he's already really smart. He is. He He's very smart and very personable. He's super outgoing. He loves to make friends and really has a heart of gold. So I don't know how we got so lucky, but he's he's pretty great. So tell us about like your first job or some of your jobs when you were younger. I always think that's really, it says a lot about someone. Sure. 
So I, I did babysitting, of course, you know, as a young person, just kind of, you know, for cash, for family, friends. But then my first real job was working for High V in Council Bluffs. Where there's a helpful smile. Was that the song then, too? Like I believe so. Been. We didn't ever have to sing it, though. Thank goodness. Tracy always sings ditties. <laughs> um, and actually, my... Older sister, my brother, who's the same age as me, and my brother, who's younger than me. Well, actually, both my brothers are younger than me. We all worked at Hy-Vee, so it was kind of a family thing. Um, and I started out as a cart pusher. I had to clean out the cart corrals, and then when I got old... Not like they do today. There wasn't COVID then. Right, right. Nope. It was just run out there, rain or shine. All the germs stayed on the carts. That's right. And then when I got a little older, I was able to uh, do the checker. So I would check people out with their groceries and take money. And then I graduated to the video department. So that's how old I am. We had VHS tapes that you could rent at Hy-Vee. And behind that counter, they also had dry cleaning. So I would take people's dry cleaning. And we had a Ticketmaster, so I got to learn how to sell tickets, and I'll never forget, every time Garth Brooks was in town, the line was out the door, and you had to try to get as many tickets as you could super fast. And also the cigarettes were back there, so I had to, and I don't smoke, so I had to learn all the different kinds and where they were. And They let you sell the cigarettes? I could sell them, yes. Not smoke them, but smell them. Like, once they let you touch the money in the cigarettes, it's serious. That's right. So do you feel like you know when you walk into a Hy-Vee now, like, oh, I know where everything is? Well, the Hy-Vee that I worked at, they actually tore down and moved. Um, it's in the same parking lot, but they shifted it in Council Bluffs. Um, and so and it's a super nice store now. What's interesting is whenever I shop there, because I live in Council Bluffs now still, um, some of the people that I worked with still work there. And so that's kind of interesting to see. Um, I do still remember... So the fruit and vegetables, they have codes on them, right, to check out. So, like, bananas is 4011, right? <laughs> I'll never forget that. I think... So now when you self-check out, you're like, watch me. I already have yes. this memorized. Like, they're looking up the numbers, and I'm like, it's 4011. <laughs> <laughs> they never changed it. <laughs> no. Is there is there some sort of coding between the first letter, or I'm sorry, the first number? So, like, four is always a yellow fruit. You know, I think it's, like, a national thing, because, like... They're, it's the same at every grocery store. It's oh. not just Hy-Vee. So, like, it's the stickers that if you ever look on your fruit or vegetables, there's, like, a sticker and it has, like, the logo of the company or whatever. Yes. And then there'll be a four-digit number. That's the number they type in to charge oh, you for national. it. national. My mind is blown right now. So, like, even when you go to Baker's, you can put in 4011. And it's bananas. Except for what if it's organic? They have a different number. Oh, that Typically. screwed up everything. I, I don't buy organic. They didn't, did they have organic when you worked there? I have no idea. Probably not. That's like <laughs> the new thing. My my 14-year-old self was not worried about organic food. <laughs> All right. 4011 is the banana code. So that's the takeaway. Um, so, yeah. Tell us, tell us why you like practicing law now. I love practicing law because it's different every day. And I really enjoy working with people and my clients. I really try to do the best that I can for them, you know, and, and meet them where they are, whatever problem they're having or issue they need to solve. I feel fortunate that I have tools and knowledge to be able to help them. And I really enjoy the firm that I work at, too, because I feel like we do a good job of trying to have fun and also, you know, do business and, and help people in the best way that we can. 
Yeah, and I think what happens in our office is really great in the sense that we have so many different areas of the law covered by other attorneys in our office. And so when one client finishes a divorce, we may say, now it's really important for you to have a will done. So you're, you're going to meet with Tasha. You can decide what you want to do with that. Or oftentimes we have clients who, you know, either because of the divorce or because of the criminal charge have an overlap between a DUI and a divorce. And so we're able to help them, you know, in-house with kind of the same level of um, representation. And so I think that's what's great. Uh, I had a recent client who is in the middle of a divorce and says, I got a DUI. Who can I go talk to? And I said, no one else but here, right? You can stay here um, at our firm and feel that same level of comfort too. We have, I have a case right now that's overlapping between guardianship, conservatorship, adoption, and immigration. So it's, it really is true that we can help in so many areas, and it's nice to be able to keep it in one place. You know, for clients, a lot of times when they're going through hard stuff, it's already overwhelming. And so then to try to have to meet more people and figure out more offices and different attorneys and how they do their stuff... It's, I think, helpful and comforting to clients to be able to say, you know, I know Hightower Rough Law, I know they do a good job, and I know they're going to take care of me. So, Yeah, and you're mostly going to get over-preparation when you come here, especially from Tasha. Especially from me. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today on today's podcast, and it's awesome to hear about you. Um, I'm going to remember the banana code is 4011. Um and yeah, I learned a lot about you too. So this is great. Um, so SVU quizzes, you're going to win every time. Every time. I'm, you've I'm watched sh- every episode twice. And I, I cannot tell you how ecstatic I am that Elliot Stabler is back on Law and Order. Is I think it's called True Crime or something. Or Organized Crime. I, I watched that one too. I just can't couldn't remember the name. But And then there's like all these crossovers and it's so great. And me and the collective Law & Order SVU world are just waiting for Olivia and Elliot to finally be in love. It's only been like 25 seasons. So I have no idea what you're talking about, but that sounds really exciting because your face is so excited about it. <laughs> I love Law & Order SVU and it's probably this show that my husband hates the most. So I can only watch it when he's not around, but... I love it. Love me some Law & Order SVU. Awesome. Well, thanks, Tasha, and we'll talk with you later. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast, and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rough Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.